starting a new series today called Sun Stand Still. I'm super excited about that. Let me just ask you a real question. I'm going to be honest with you. This is the kind of series I like because it's going to stretch your faith a little bit. We're going to pray here in just a moment, and then we'll dive in. It's going to stretch your faith a little bit, but I want you to ask. I'm going to ask you a very serious question, and here's what I want you to do. That worship guide that you got on the back side of that is where some sermon notes. I want you to turn that over, everybody in the room, and I want you to write down the answer to this question. What do you need God to do in your life? What do you need God to do in your life? Like, what's the thing that, if this one thing changed in your life, it would change everything else about your life? Let me say that again. What's the one thing in your life that, if it changed, it would change everything else in your life? You say, man, if I got a better job, it would change everything else. You know, I, but we would have more money, and, and I would have more time, and more time with my kids, and, you know, my commute would be shorter, and, and, and my wife would be happier, and, and just every, everything would be better. if I, Like, if that one thing changed, then it would relieve pressure in every other area. Or maybe for you, it's, it's, it's a relationship. Man, if this, if this one relationship got fixed, then it would, it would sort of trickle down and fix some other relationships in my life. You know, it's not good with my parents or with my kids or with my spouse or with somebody at work. And like if this changed, then everything else would change. Or maybe for you, it's a, it's a health, you know, need. Like if you say, man, if this diagnosis changed, like if I didn't have to deal with this every single day of my life, then I think everything else would be better in my life. Like if I didn't have to wake up and take those pills and do that thing, and then I think everything else would change. What do you need God to do in your life? What's the one thing that if it changed, it would change everything else in your life? I want you to write that on the top, and I want you to keep that in front of you. I, I really want you to keep it in front of you for the next four weeks, but at least for the next week, I want you to, I want you, to, you can write it inside of that prayer journal, and I want you to believe God for the impossible. And I'm going to talk to you today about faith and about expanding your faith and I come from a faith-filled background I I was raised in a church that preached faith a whole lot but I think I heard it wrong I gotta be honest with you at least I believed it wrong I used to believe that faith was a commodity that I could trade with God that if I had enough of it God would do what I wanted him to do I don't think that's the way faith works but I do think that you and I that faith is a muscle that we have to exercise and stretch out that sometimes we believe God for little things in our life because we just, we're not very sure that He can do the big things. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about God doing the impossible in your life. We're going to literally, we're going to ask God for the sun to stand still in our life. Matter of fact, I want you to take that thing in your hand that, you've, that you just wrote down. Everybody just wrote it down. I want you to close your eyes. And I want to pray. And we're going to talk to the God who can change everything. And we're going to ask Him over the next 20 five minutes or so would he talk to our hearts and move this mountain would you close your eyes let's pray Father I believe that nothing is impossible with you God there are days I struggle with knowing whether or not this thing on this piece of paper is ever going to change but I open my heart to believing that you can do the impossible I open my mind to believing that you can heal what the doctor said was incurable I open my heart to believing you can fix the relationship that seems like it's not repairable. God, I'm opening my spirit today to believe for a miracle, a miracle, the impossible in my life. I dare to ask you to move in this need. Come on, tell him that thing that you wrote down. I dare to ask you to move in this. And I believe you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. So we take, this, uh, we take this series from a book, and if you haven't read this book, I would encourage you to do that. It's from a book uh, called Sunset Still by uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick, who pastors 
a dynamic church in Charlotte, North Carolina. It actually, the ministry center is Charlotte, North Carolina, but it, uh, it is from uh, all over North Carolina. There's actually campuses all over uh, the eastern seaboard now. And uh, the church is about 12 years old, 13 years old, and their average weekend's about 25 or 30,000 people in this church. God's just done an amazing thing. And actually, Pastor Stephen is younger than me. You ever looked at somebody in your life and thought, man, what in the world am I doing with my life? You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how did I get here? And, and, but God's just done an incredible things. And he talks about it. He read this book, and I would encourage you to do that. Go to Amazon today and read. Matter of fact, next week, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll, I wanna, I'll bring a couple of books. I want to give uh, a couple of them out to you. I, I want one, uh, somebody to have it in, in this service. But uh, he talks about just sort of that faith journey that they took planting Elevation Church and what it meant and how God has answered. One of the things that he said, one of the, one of the ways that I'm going to preach this to you over the next four weeks is the idea of asking God like for big things with what he calls audacious faith. Audacious faith. This is not a word we use a whole lot. Audacity in the Bible just, I'm sorry, in your dictionary says this. It's, it's a boldness or daring request, especially with a confident disregard for personal comfort or for conventional thought. Let me say that again. When you ask like an audacious thing, when you ask God to do something audacious, it's something that's bold and daring. Like you can't believe that you wrote that down on your paper. Like I can't believe I asked God to do that. And then and then really it's something that, you know, I'm going to disregard kind of how much this hurts me, like the comfort of my own life or even conventional thought in my life. I'm going to ask God I'm going to ask God to do something audacious, and here's what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks. We're just going to ask God to sort of take us out of our ruts and our routines, and we're going to ask Him to, to just give us the faith to believe God for the impossible. I'm going to ask you to believe God for the impossible in your life, in every area of your life, to change some area of your life, your relationships, your finances, your careers, and then we're going to trust and the miracle working power of Jesus Christ to do that in your life. Like, I'm going to ask you to do it. And here's the thing, like in our modern minds, it's so hard for us to do that. Like, it's so hard for us to believe that. And so here's what we do. We end up not asking God for the supernatural in our life because we're just afraid that he can't do it, everybody. Let's just be honest with you. We're just afraid, I don't know, you know, what if he doesn't come through for us? Like, what if, what if he does Here's what I call it. Write this down in your notes. I, most Christians suffer from post-traumatic faith disorder. Post-traumatic faith disorder is when you, when you, when you prayed something that you, it didn't come through the way that you thought it ought to come through or God didn't answer when or how he, you thought he ought to. And so now you get post-traumatic faith disorder where you decide, I'm not ever going to believe God for anything big again because that thing that I thought that God should have come through the way I thought when or how he should have come through in my life, he did not, so I'm never going to ask big again. So then we go to God with these lowest common denominator prayers. We pray really simple things like small things. And we just hunker down like in our life. And most Christians live their lives kind of hunkered down like, you know, inside the basement, you know, eating beanie weenies out of the can, just waiting on the end of the world. You know what I'm saying? Just barely getting by. Just God, just be with me. Let me get by. One of of my favorite prayers that people pray is, God, just be with us right now. Most people that pray that way hold their hands like this. I don't know why. God, just be with us right now. And if I'm God, I'm looking around going, what are you, I'm not sure what you're saying. I feel all time and space. I'm, I, before you were here, I was already here. Like I'm, I'm already on the next thing. I, 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 I operate outside of what you're, of course, I'm, I'm the ever-present God. Of course, I'm with you right now. That's what you're going to ask God for. Like if you have God's attention, you're going to ask him, God, just be with us right now. And then I guess you're going to hold him like a baby. Like, God, just, God just, be, just be with us right here like in my hands like a little baby. Let me hold you. 
And the God of all creation is going, that's the thing you're going to ask for. Like if you can believe God for anything, you're going to ask just simple things like that. And, and you're just going to hunker down. And listen, I, I believe the kind of faith that I'm preaching to you today. Listen, the kind of prayers I'm going to challenge you to pray over the next four weeks, especially the next 21 days in your life, over your family, over your career, in your marriage, over your health, in your ministry. I don't think they're just reserved for some kind of spiritual elite Christian, like some kind of, some kind of A-list Christian. I think anybody can have that. I think every single follower of Jesus Christ, can experience that kind of supernatural move of God in their life that God wants to do. If you believe that, everybody shout amen. So uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk through a story that sort of sees God move, that, that watches God move in that supernatural way. And I want, I want to walk you through that. But before I do that, I really want you to engage your mind. and I really want you to engage your heart. I really want you to sort of get that thing in your mind that you're believing God for, that you know, that you know, you know, for some of you, it's, you're praying for a job. For some of you, you're praying for reconciliation of your family. Or for some of you, it's this, like it's this sense of purpose in your life. Like you're just wandering aimlessly. Or I meet people all the time and go, Pastor, I'd love to do something. I just don't know how to do what it is. I just don't know what I want to do with my life. I, I don't know where I, I need to move next. Or some of you, it's depression, like you've dealt with depression over the past couple of years or anxiety and you need joy and you, you need you need life you need supernaturally God to sort of breathe life into you today and you, you need something that here's here's my objective today listen over the next 20 minutes or so my objective is to be the catalyst in your life that you believe God for that impossible thing like you don't just read it in the Bible you don't just you don't just see it and see it in somebody else's story but you really do believe that God could do it for you that's my whole goal today i want you to just go into this week believing if it can happen for them it can happen for me if god can move in their life then God can move in my life. If God can answer this big prayer, I don't think, listen, I don't think Jesus just saved you so you would survive the world. Say amen to that, everybody. And I don't think Jesus saved you just so you could get out of hell free. I don't think faith is a get out of hell free card. Most people think faith is just what you have in Jesus to save you from your sins so that it's just fire insurance, everybody. You know what I'm saying? It's just so you don't go to hell. And that's a good start, i got to be honest. But that's not the full depth of faith. That's not the kind of faith I want you to have. And so we just sort of settle into this comfortable, complacent life where we're just kind of lulled into low expectation. Listen, let me ask you a question. How many of you parents, you're, you're like, you're, you're, your kids have ever let you down? Like they just, you've told them over and over and over. And so you just decide in your life, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to kind of lower the expectation and that way I won't be disappointed anymore. Come on, somebody. I do that all the time. Like I have a I have an almost six year old and almost three year old, so five and two, and they they think the upstairs of my home belongs to them. They don't pay any rent there, but for some reason they think they lease that whole space. And so and so I, we we've we, you know we set high expectations, and I kind of go in like you know mom is a little bit more realistic because she's there all the time, but I kind of set high expectations like hey I'm gonna need everybody up, I'm gonna need everybody to participate, and I'm gonna need my two year old with a job. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna need you to go ahead and start contributing here you, you eat a whole lot I'm gonna need you to start working a little bit you know I'm gonna need you to start I'm gonna need you to start paying attention and, and go ahead and contributing a little bit and so I, I'll come in with high expectations we're not gonna do this we're not gonna do this we're not gonna do this but a couple of days with your kids how many of you know eventually you'll just give in and say you know what y'all not dead y'all not killing each other don't worry about it just don't worry what whatever just kind of whatever y'all come up with is fine with me anybody ever done that if you've never done that you don't have you don't have kids we just lower our expectations. 
A lot of times this is how people go to God. They just go, okay, God, I come in with high expectations. When I first was a believer, I believed you could do anything in my life. And now I've just kind of been lulled into this idea of low expectation. I'm just comfortable. I just, I just, I, 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 you know, I don't want to believe you for too much because I don't want to be disappointed in what, what's happening. And so nobody really has that sun standstill faith that's sort of vibrant in your life and believing God for the impossible. But really, I do believe it's available for you today. And I want to, I want to help you grab a hold of that today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up. We're going to look at the story of Joshua. Matter of fact, the next couple of weeks, we're going to stay in this story of Joshua. And the title of this, uh, the title of this series actually comes from this particular story in Joshua's life. So Joshua 10, verse 7 starts like this, that Joshua marched up from Gilgal. Let me give you a little history. Joshua is the general of the children of Israel. Moses is now gone, and, and the, God has brought the people of, of Israel into the promised land, and Joshua is now leading those people. He's the general. He's re- he leads differently than Moses. Moses is more pastoral and more kind of that loving on to everybody, and Joshua is just a general, and really the whole book of Joshua in the Bible is more about his conquest kind of in, inside the city, uh, uh, inside the promised land as he goes from city to city. So Joshua's doing that. He's sort of leading the people as this army, and he marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men, And then God said to Joshua, the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. Look at this. I have given them into your hand. Would you underline that in your notes? Not one of them will be able to withstand you. I love this. This is a point before I move on, before I tell you the rest of the story, I want to tell you this. I love how God talks to Joshua in the past tense here, everybody. Joshua has yet to go to this next battle, and God said, I have given, that's a past tense word, them into your hands. Listen to me. Look at my eyes. The reason why God can talk to you in the past tense is because he's already won the victory for you in your life. Say amen to that. Like God's never concerned about the next phase of your life going, I wonder if this is going to work. I don't know if this is going to work or not. You've never gone to God and go, God, could you do this? And God ever, God has never been in a situation where he's ever surprised, ever. God's never been in a situation where he goes, I don't know. I've never seen this before. Let me think about this. God's never had a request that you prayed, that you went to God and said, okay, God, I don't know if you know this or not, but I've got a job interview tomorrow. And God goes, I had no idea. Thank you for telling me. God's never been in a situation where he goes, I've never heard that before. That's a new one. Let me get back to you on that. The Bible would say before Joshua ever entered his next battle, I feel like preaching. Y'all better wake up or I will get wild in here. Y'all better shout amen. He said before you ever get, I've told y'all I'm wild. I I got up early praying this morning. Y'all, I'm liable to get nuts these next four weeks. He said before you ever get to that next battle, I've already given them to your hand. That's all the words some of you need today. That before you step into the next thing that you're battling, that God's already won that battle for you. Shout amen to that if you believe it. That God's already there and He's already fighting on your behalf. He knows the beginning from the end. He's never been surprised. You've never just thrown God for a curveball. So whatever you write down on that paper today, and I know some of you probably need to scratch through it and write something bigger because some of y'all just said, you know, I just, I got a headache, God, whatever it is. right. You need to scratch through that. You need to believe God for the impossible because God's already fought that for you. So the next next bad verse 9 says this, After an all-night march from Gilgal, So Joshua sort of is marching that way. God says, listen, don't worry about it. I've already given them to your hand. He marches all night long. Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel, who defeated them in a great victory at Gibeon. And so Israel pursued them along the road, going up to Bethlehem. I love this. That they defeat them. They defeat them in a great victory. And and then Joshua says, that's not enough. I'm going to run you out of town. 
Look at my eyes. Listen to me. I feel like preaching. I promise y'all I do. I'm trying to behave today. Some of you don't just need a victory in your life. You need to run some stuff out of town in your life. Like you don't just need a great victory. You don't just need to get through this. You need to run depression completely out of your life. You need to run some stuff out of town. And like you need to say, okay, this is the last time I'm ever gonna. Def- I'm ever gonna fight this again. I'm never gonna come back to this again. I'm gonna run this out of town. Shout amen to that, everybody. All right, everybody down here is getting it. This is the splash zone, like at SeaWorld, everybody. So Israel pursued them along the road going to Beth Horan, and he cut them down all the way. And he kind of he kind of cuts them down right there. And then, and this is my favorite part of this. They sort of get this way, and they're going around a curve. And the, and the Bible says that God then hurls large hailstones down. The Lord hurled large hailstones down on them from the sky. Let me stop right here. If you don't read your Bible, you're missing out. I've got to tell you. That the Bible is OG Jerry Springer. Come on, somebody. If that's not funny to you, something's wrong. Like, God, this is not boring at all reading the Bible. God goes, I'll give you the victory. I've already won it. You whip them, and then you run them out of town. And right when they're going around the corner, God said, I got a surprise for them. I'm going to throw hailstones at them. I love this about God. And then more of them died from the hailstones than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. More of them died from the hailstones than were killed by the Israelites. Look in my eyes. It's why I told you earlier today that God can do more for you in one moment than you can do in a lifetime of working for yourself. That one moment in God's presence and God answering in your life and God moving supernaturally in your life and God making a way in your life, you can work all of your life with a sword. And that's how some of you have gone through your Christianity, trying to battle it by yourself and fight it on your own and fight for stuff. I'm not telling you you shouldn't fight for what God's given you, but I am telling you this, that God can do more for you in a moment than you can do in a lifetime. Shout amen to that. The Bible said that, that he threw those hailstones there. And, and, and then and really verse 12 kind of sums up this whole thing. And really the, the idea of this whole, this whole message here is, and it says this, that on the day the Lord gave the Amorites, that's the, that's the army that they're fighting, on the day the Lord gave them over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord, underline this right here. This is, if you want to know what prayer is, you want to know how to pray the next 21 days, this is it. Joshua said to the Lord. It's just that simple. It's just talking to God about what's happening in your life. It's just going to God and going, okay, God, this is the thing I need you to move in my life. The next 21 days, you don't have to say anything fancy. It doesn't have to sound like me. It doesn't have to sound like anybody you've heard on TV. Matter of fact, it's probably best if you don't listen to Christian TV when you're praying because you'll think, man, I don't understand what even these people are talking about, and you'll end up sending money for miracle water or something. He just said, I, he said, God, here's what's happening in my life. And if you want God to move in your kids, you know how to pray for your kids? It's really simple. You put them in bed. Last night, my kids were in bed early. Hallelujah to God. And I stood at the door where both of my kids, they sleep in the same bed. It's just so they're not scared and they leave mama and daddy alone. Come on. And I stood at the door and I just talked to God. I just said, God, here's what Hazel needs and here's what Henry needs. You don't have, it doesn't have to be fancy, everybody. It doesn't, have to be, it doesn't have to be rehearsed. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be in King James English. Listen, the, let me let you in a little secret here. The Bible wasn't written by William Shakespeare. You don't have to pray like him. You don't have to call God thee and thou. You can just call him him, they. You know what I'm saying? You just, and so Joshua just goes to God and here's what he said. In the presence of all of Israel, in front of everybody, here's what he said. O sun, stand still over Gibeon, and O moon, over the valley of Agilon. 
I want you to take in your Bible and I want you to underline this whole passage. It's just 13 words and this is the entire prayer of Joshua. Some of us feel like we have to pray for two hours or God doesn't hear. Some of us feel like we have to pray really loud or God doesn't hear. Some of us have to pray, feel like we have to pray laying down. I, I grew up in church, and I grew up really churchy. You, you guys know that. If you can't tell, you will in just a moment. I grew up super churchy, and, and I remember going. We, we used to have Sunday night church. Come on, everybody had Sunday night church. Wave at me. All my Sunday night church people. And Sunday night church was different than Sunday morning. Sunday morning church, you lived through Sunday night church. You got crunk. Y'all don't know. We got turned up. And, and it started, we, we used to have back in the old church, we had prayer rooms. Come on, anybody? We had a prayer room back in my old church. And I, I never forget growing up in church. And we'd, we'd go to church early. Mama, so we'd go to church in the morning. And we'd go home. We'd take a quick nap. And then we had choir practice. And then we had to be in the prayer room an hour before church started. And I never forget as a teenager growing up and, and, and going into the prayer room. And there were, you know, in, in my church, man, I mean, every, you had to go, you can go to hell. I mean, one of the two. So everybody went to, everybody went to the prayer room. And so, and, and I would walk in there, and we separated on men and women. I don't know, God gets confused when all, everybody's together. So anyway, all the men had to pray by themselves. It was quasi-Amish, whatever. Anyway, so we, we went in there, and, and all these dudes were there. And I never forget, I never forget Henry walking up on some dude that was laying in the floor. My boy was in the floor, and I tripped over him. I just, I just felt all, because it's dark in there, and he's, and he's wailing. And I didn't know if I heard him or he was praying. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell about what was happening. There's a lot of times we sort of over-spiritualize what it means to just be, be in prayer. Listen, I'm not telling you there's not seasons in your life where you may cry and you may, you may cry out to God and you can do whatever you want in your prayer. But I am telling you this, it can be simple like 13 words. It can just be that simple, God, i got to have some help right now. God, you've got to change my marriage right now. God, you've got to save my kids. They're, they're, they're on drugs. Things are, things are going crazy. God, you've got to fix what's wrong in my life. Right? Just 13 words. That Joshua prayed to God. Nothing big. Nothing. He wasn't laying around everywhere. And, and, and then God answers this prayer. This is the best part. Look at this. So the sun stood still. Thirteen words of prayer. And God makes a way and answers. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped. Until the nation avenged itself of its enemies. As it's written in the book of Jashub. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky. And delayed going down for about a full day. Listen to this. There's never been a day like it before or since. A day when the Lord listened to a man. A day when the Lord listened to a man, and then he ends it like this, surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. I love that sentiment in verse, in verse 14, that although the son had never done that before, and, and the Bible said never had happened since, it happened then. Listen, and here's what I want you to know today. If you don't catch anything else, I want you to know the same God that can do this for Joshua can fix what's wrong in your life. That the same God that can cause that sun to stand still over his life, if you'll dare to ask God for that big, impossible thing, if you'll call on his name boldly and, and declare this impossible thing, that God can do that impossible thing in your life. If you believe that, shout amen, everybody. Amen. That God can do something like that. I believe it didn't just happen that one time. I think that God can do that in your life. That that sun can stand still over uh, your life. I believe every believer who's bold enough to go to God and say, God, I want my life to be changed in such a way that it leaves no doubt that God did this. Listen close. There is no doubt, the Bible says surely. In other words, everybody knew, the Amorites and the Israelites, their enemy and the people of God. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel.
There's some stuff in your life that you've been taking credit for that you can fix on your own. If I go to enough therapy, read enough books, if I just get all this thing, if everything gets in order, if I, just, if I talk about it enough, if I research online enough, if I just do enough. Listen, there's some stuff in your life that you can't fix on your own that when God finally fixes it for you, everybody's going to go, surely God was fighting on your behalf. Surely God moved. That's the kind of prayer I want you to pray over this next month. I don't want you to pray a prayer that you could fix. Listen, I can't go to God and go, God, I'd like to lose 20 pounds. Because I can fix that, everybody. Me and Krispy Kreme can work that out. Come on. I got, like, I can fix, I can fix some of that. I, I'm just, I'm a couple of stomach flus away from my miracle. Come on, everybody. Like, I, I, I can control that. I'm not talking about praying those kind of prayers. I'm talking about praying a prayer that when God, when everybody looks at your life and they go, man, how did that happen? Your marriage was over with. How did that work? You go, I don't, surely God was fighting for us. How, how did your kids come back from the brink of that? Like, I know how bad, though. I know how far they had gone. How did they come back? Surely God was fighting on our behalf. I need God to move in my life that He's the only one that can get credit for it. That nobody else could have done what God could do in my life. That's what God wants to do for you. I think God wants to do that in my life, and I think He wants to do it in your life. I think He wants to size up your situation. I, th- I think He wants to size up your situation. And when you compare the size of your situation to the size of our God, listen, there is no comparison. It doesn't matter what it is in your life. It doesn't matter what you write down on that piece of paper. It doesn't matter what's inside that prayer journal. Whatever you write down, the Bible says this, that at the name of Jesus, there's a name above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every name, every other thing that is named will bow down. Listen, here's what we do. We start naming the stuff that's wrong in our life, like divorce and cancer and diabetes and addiction and alcoholism. And here's what the Bible says. It says that every other name that has name in in, in this earth, everything else you could say is wrong with me. The Bible said it is under, it is beneath, it's lower than the name of Jesus. That when you size up what you need next to God, it's just no comparison. Everybody shout amen to that. And I think God wants to do the kind of thing in your life that there has never been something else like that happened before you. There may be never another day in your life or like every day since then. Like I really do. Listen close. I'm talking to some young couples here who have not fully ever taken a spiritual plunge. I think you're good people. Matter of fact, I think you're great people. I think you're incredible people. I think you're Christians. I think you serve God with, with, with all of your heart. I think you love the Lord with all your heart. But you've never really encountered God in a supernatural way. Just kind of on the edge. Just kind of on the fringe. It's never really happened for you like that. You just never sort of had that, that supernatural you know, encounter with God where surely God was fighting for you, where nobody else could encounter that. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Listen close. I'm going to ask you to have that day that may not have ever happened before. Like that experience that you've never gone to and that, that, that thing that's never happened in your life. I, I want you to have one of those things. I want you to have one of those things in your life that everything changes in your life. I, w- I want you to have one of those kind of prayer times when, every, when, when there's a baptism of power and uh, you experience God in a way you've never experienced Him before. When He answers a prayer that you never thought was, was possible. I, I want you to be the living example that God can do anything in your life. Listen, there is nothing more of a testimony 
testimony to God's goodness and power than your life being radically changed in encounter with God. Listen close. When Jesus goes to Bethany and he raises up Lazarus from the dead, they didn't have to take out any ads in the newspaper or tent revivals in Bethany. You hear me? Jesus did not pay for Google AdWords advertising in Bethany. You know why? Because there was a dead fella who was now alive. And he just told everybody, word starts spreading. When dead folks start coming alive, everybody knows about it. Listen close. You want things to change in your work and your community? You want San Antonio to know and the hill country to know that God can do absolutely anything? You know the best way for that to happen? The best way for that to happen is for you to have a miracle and tell everybody about the miracle God did in your life. Shout amen to that, everybody. That's the best way for that to happen. I want to spend the rest of my time, just a few more moments with you, and I want to make this super personal for you. I want you to get it. I want you to get it inside, because I know what's happening in your life when you hear preaching like this. I know what's going on in your mind. You have some objections. You have some questions. You have some doubts. You're thinking, man, I don't know if this is true. I don't know if they can happen. I believe it can happen for Joshua. You know, the, the, the walls of Jericho come falling down. And, and I believe it can happen for Billy Graham. I, you know, I believe that God can do something big in his life. I believe, you know, God can move in some of these spiritual giants, but I don't know if he can do that for me. But listen, I, I, I believe God can make the sun stand still when you're trying to raise middle school kids. Come on, somebody. I think God can make the sun stand still in your life when you're just trying to stay married and when, when, when things have broken apart and you don't know how to repair it. I think God can do that in your life. I, I think there's some of you in a situation right now that you don't see any other way out except God would move in your life. That you don't see any other way in my own authority that I can come to. And I'm not telling you this because I believe it. I'm telling you this because it's in God's Word. Here's what Ephesians says. It said, God is able to do everybody shout immeasurably. He's able to do more than you can even measure in your life. That's the kind of miracle I want in my life, everybody. I don't want a miracle I can just look at and go, well, it used to be this, and now it's a little bit better. God said, no, no, no. I'm not going to incrementally make it better. I'm going to make it immeasurably better in your life. God is able to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. That's the kind of God that we're serving for. Let, let, let me tell you like this. Why don't you write this sentence down? If the size of your need seems too big for you, it's just the right size for God. If the size of your need seems too big for you, it's just the right size for God. If it seems impossible to you and you don't know how it's going to work, then that's just the right size to get God involved. If you seem like, I don't know how to figure this out, there is no way out of this. That's just the right size. If you're in a situation today and the only way that this can happen is if God does it, that's just the right place for God to do a miracle in your life, to make the sun sin still over your life. And here's, here's kind of how Joshua 10 kind of all, all shapes up. And let me give you a little backstory before you see the sun stand still. Here's what happened. Joshua, is, he's kind of got himself into trouble. He's made this mistake. And he's made this unwise alliance with some people that he should have destroyed. Matter of fact, God told him to destroy him, and he doesn't do that. And so now he finds himself in need of God's help to get him out of the situation that he got himself into. Anybody ever needed God to get you out of something you got your own self into? Come on, somebody. And so Joshua got himself into this situation by making this alliance, and he goes to God, and he says, God, listen, I've racked up this debt. Listen, I've done this thing. God, I married him. I didn't even know what I was doing, but I did it. I married him, and now look at him now. I, I, God, I, I don't know how we got into this. God, I don't know what we did. God, I, I, I thought I was trying to be the best parent I needed to be, and now my kids are far from you. God, I pursued money for a long time. Now money can't solve what's wrong with me. God, I, I thought I could just take one. I thought it was just one pill. I thought it was just one thing, and now here it's led to this whole thing. God, I need you to move in my life in this supernatural way. And that's what Joshua does. He says, listen, I got myself into this, but I need you to get me out of this. 
I got myself into this, but I need you to get me out of this. Here's the way I like to say it. God can turn your mistake into your miracle. God can take the mistake that you made and make it the thing that's the miracle in your life. God can take the mistake that you made and turn that into the miracle that He gets glory from. The thing that you, the thing that you got yourself into, the decision you made, the choice you made. I, I, I'm so grateful that I serve the kind of God, that, the, the, the God that He fights for Joshua. Even though Joshua, he has boldness, but he messes up and makes a mistake. Even though Joshua really should not have won this battle, even though he shouldn't have been fighting it, God sort of moves in and takes his mistake and makes it his miracle. And so Joshua is now fighting this enemy and he's trying to defend this group and you're going to have to read all of Joshua 10 to sort of get this whole story. I don't have time to tell you back to that but it's it's fascinating Joshua 9 and 10. Basically Joshua is outnumbered and God shows up in this great way and he's just about to finish off this army and all these adversaries and the sun starts sinking like in the sky. Listen close. There's some of you who are feeling like that's what's happening in your life. Like the sun's going down on this miracle. Like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen, but I'm losing daylight. I feel like we're losing daylight. I'm getting older. Our marriage, I mean, it's 20 years. It's 25 years. I feel like the sun's going down. Joshua looks out and he goes, man, I know I got myself into this mess, but, but I'm fighting it. And God, I, I, I know that you're with me, but it looks like the sun's going down. And, and so out, out loud, like in the presence of the whole nation, Joshua just says, listen, uh, listen, this, this could have been, if, if this was me, let me tell you what I would have done. I would have, I would have whispered that, that prayer underneath my breath. You hear me, everybody? I would have come in front of you. I would have said, God, please, right now, if you could, if you don't mind, just so you see what's going on. In Jesus' name, amen. Joshua says, God, I got nothing to lose here. The sun's going down in my life. The sun's going down on this battle. I got nothing to lose here. So I'm just, the Bible said he stood up in the whole pre, the presence of the entire nation of Israel. He calls everybody together and says, okay, everybody, here's what we're going to believe God for. And then he prays in front of everybody this sun stands still prayer. Let me ask you this. What is some stuff you hiding because you're afraid what everybody else will think that you need God's help with? What's some stuff you're holding in that nobody, everybody else at, at other churches, that, 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 you know, that, that they pray this way. Y'all don't pray this way, but, but maybe you've heard of other people who just, they sort of pray internally. I don't want anybody to hear me. I don't, I don't, I don't want anybody to know. I don't want anybody to, I don't know. I just, you know, I'll just, I'll do this myself. I just got my own prayer calls. There's sometimes in your life, you get desperate enough, you'll go up to somebody like you and say, Henry, stand up, buddy. I just need prayer. Come here, Henry. Stand. I just need, would you pray for me right now? I just need you to, I need God to move in my life. You say, I wouldn't dare do that. Okay, you will when the sun starts going down in your marriage. When your kids are broke. When, when things are broken in your When you haven't smiled in years and joy is gone and peace is gone. When you're sleeping in separate bedrooms. I'm preaching to somebody. When, 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 you, when, you, can't, when you can't barely get out of bed without pills and you've got to have pills to make it through the day and pills to go to sleep at night. Let me tell you what you'll do. You'll walk up to somebody in just a couple of moments. You'll go, dude, I need prayer. I just need God to do something big in my life. And Joshua is in that situation. He just goes to the whole nation of Israel. He goes, everybody, we need God to do a miracle in our life. We're going to pray for the sun to stand still. And that's exactly what he does. And God's like, thank you for finally praying something big. Thank you for finally asking. God, I, 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 I just need you to be with me. God, would you just, if you could right now, just kind of be with, you know, all of my friends right now. God, just do that right now. In Jesus' name, God, please. Just be with us right here. What if, what if Joshua would have prayed that prayer? God, you know what's happening right now. Just be with the army. Held his hands like this. 
God, just be with all those men. If I'm fighting for Joshua and he holds his hands up like this and says, God, just be with us, I, Joshua and I are going to have beef. Come on, somebody. We're going, it, I, I, I need you to pray bigger prayers than this because we're losing this battle and the sun's going down. And I'm trying to stretch you. I know I'm being, I know I'm being a, little, a little out today, but I, I'm trying to stretch you because some of us are believing God for so little. Some of us are going so small. Some of us are just believing, and you're never seeing the supernatural in your life, and you're living your life miserable and broken and depressed and out, and you need a miracle. You can't go through another year without it. We're going to have to pray sun, stand, still kind of prayers. We're just going to have to get bold and ask God for it. Here's the way Stephen Furtick says in the book. I liked it so much I decided to use it in my notes. Would you write this down? If the size of your vision for your life isn't intimidating to you, there's a chance it's insulting to God. If the size of the vision of your life, the stuff you're asking God for, isn't intimidating to you, because that's the way that most of us do it. We pray it under our breath because it seems intimidating. I don't know how. I got an email the other day from a member of our team who said, this is the vision that God gave me for my business. She started a new Christian counseling business. She said, how do I do this? It seems intimidating to me. Listen, at some point, you're going to have to start praying intimidating prayers. God, this sounds crazy, but I think I'd like to do this. God, this sounds, this sounds like nothing I've never prayed before. God, I don't know if you can do this, but if you're not praying those kind of prayers you're probably insulting God everybody I need you to get to praying bigger prayers I need you to start praying stuff that is is bigger than where you are daring prayers sun stand still kind of prayers that you don't know how it's going to work out but if God doesn't do it it's not going to work so here's what I'm asking you and listen close we'll come to a close I'm asking you what do you need God to do now here's what I want you to do I want you to take that same piece of paper out that we started with take that same worship God out that you had Let's take about two minutes and a a few members of our team are moving, but nobody else, I don't want you to move. Because this is a spiritual moment. This is a holy moment in your life. I I I want you to decide to pray something bigger. I want you to decide to write something down. So that thing that you wrote down, you don't have to scratch it out, but I want you to write down underneath it something bigger than that. If you put down a promotion, you need to write down my own business. I've been doing this for everybody else. I want to do this for myself, God. If you, if you wrote down, I just need, I just need the, the yelling and, and cussing and fighting and hitting to stop, you need to write down, I need a brand new spouse. I just need you to change them completely. Not like a new one, like get rid of this one. Now look at me. Everybody look at me. Listen close. Just because you pray this kind of prayer doesn't mean you've got to stop fighting. Matter of fact, the Bible says this. The Bible said that Joshua prayed this prayer and then you heard him. He said he marched all night long. Look at this. If you're going to pray that God would make the sun stand still, you better get ready to march all night. If you're going to pray that the sun would stand still, you better get ready to pray big prayers and start marching all night long. Look at me. Let me be real honest with you as your pastor. Would you let me be honest with you? The next 21 days, there may be some all-night marching. There may be some all-night fighting. Because I'm believing God for a miracle. You don't have to march all night if all you need is your headache cured. You don't have to march all night if you're just asking God, would you be with us? But you may have to march all night if you need the sun to stand still. If you need something in your life, I want you to, 
matter of fact, stand up all over the room. Come on, I got to close quick. Don't, nobody moving, just stand up and bow your head. I normally have you take somebody by the hand, but I don't want you to do that. I want you to just, I want you to maybe raise your hands or maybe take yourself by the chest. Just sort of, just shake yourself and wake yourself up. Nobody's praying with you. I just want you to, I want you to ask God, God, what's this thing? Like, what's this sun stand still prayer? Some of you today are in need of salvation. Listen close. You, you, need, you, need, you need to exercise your faith. You can't move beyond that. You need grace to save you. The Bible says we're saved by grace through faith. You just need that faith that says, God, I surrender everything to you completely, holy. Some of you, it's a health issue. Some of you, it's a marriage issue. I, I'm in a mess. Some of you, it's a financial mountain. you got to have moved. It's foreclosure. It's a business closing down. Some of you, it's your kids. I got a text this morning from somebody who said, my kids. Nothing hurts like the pain of your children hurting. Come on, I want you to feel that. Put your hand on your chest. I want you to feel that. And I want you to pray a prayer that sounds like this. Matter of fact, if you're okay with it, I wouldn't mind you praying it out loud. Everybody together, say, Lord Jesus. Come on, say it loud. Say, Lord Jesus, give me faith. Sun stand still kind of faith. Big faith. To ask you for the impossible. To dare to believe that you can do anything. I don't repeat this after me. I can't pray this for you, but I can pray it with you. If you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus, you need to pray something that sounds like this. Lord Jesus, I give you my whole heart today. God, I surrender every part of me, my life, my dreams, my hopes, my future. God, I repent of all of my sins. Come on, if you've never said that, you never prayed that prayer, you got to do it today. Today's the day. God, I give you everything. I surrender everything, all of me, all control of me. Be the Lord of my life because of the cross. God, I believe that you can forgive me of my sins because Jesus was raised from the dead. I believe that you can give me brand new life. God, I don't just want you to save me today. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Change everything. Change everything. I give you everything over today. I need a fresh start today. I give you all of that. In Jesus' name, I pray over the next three weeks, the next four weeks together, I pray that you would stretch our faith, God. I pray you would fill the house to capacity. God, if you'll send people, I promise we'll make room. God, if you'll trust us with more, I promise we'll steward it well. People who need a miracle. People who need God to do something big in their life. People who need God to move mountains in their life. God, I believe you for that over the next few weeks. I'm trusting you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody shout in Jesus' name. Come on, shout in Jesus' name. When you do that, you're calling on the name that's above every other name. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout a big amen. Come on. Let's give Him praise all over the house, everybody.